All right, we're continuing our study of the Gospel of Luke here on the Listener's Commentary. And in this session, we're going to be in Luke chapter 6, 1 through 11. And in the last two snapshots, Luke has shown really the beginnings of, if you will, opposition to Jesus' ministry and message. Jesus claimed the authority to forgive sins and then confirmed it with his ability to heal. And that was very much against the way the the Pharisees understood who he was and the way he should act or talk. And then in the next snapshot, Jesus welcomed and ate with the underbelly of society and the people of the land and claimed it was because he was bringing in the new reality of God's kingdom. And again, that goes completely against the way the Pharisees expected things to happen. And so we, we saw the beginnings of they view God and God's kingdom and God's work radically differently, and thus there's tension and hostility brewing there between them. Well, here in Luke 6, 1 through 11, Luke presents two more snapshots that show growing hostility and growing tension. The conflict in these two snapshots revolves around Sabbath traditions, and Jesus makes the Sabbath subordinate to himself, and he shows that the Sabbath was intended to be for man's best interest, and so he challenges their Sabbath traditions, and this leads to greater hostility and more tension. And so what Luke has done here is he's he's picked two various incidents that happened on the Sabbath and showed how Jesus challenged their Sabbath traditions. So the first snapshot is this. Now it happened that Jesus was passing through some grain fields on a Sabbath and his disciples were picking the heads of grain, rubbing them together in their hands, and then eating them. And so as they walk through the grain fields, they're grabbing uh, some of the tops of the grain and they're breaking off the chaff, the the husk around the kernel of grain, and they're eating the raw kernels of grain. And the law permitted you to do this. The law permitted you to pick grain as you walk through a neighbor's field, as long as you didn't put a sickle to it and actually harvest it. So that's not the problem. The problem, don't think the problem is like, oh, you're stealing somebody's grain from their grain field. That's not the problem. The problem is they're doing this on the Sabbath, right? The Sabbath is... Saturday. It is a a day set apart to be holy by the Old Testament law. And in Jesus' first century culture, it, it is one of the key distinguishing marks that set the Jews apart from the surrounding world. And so it, it, it had developed all sorts of traditions around it. Well, the Pharisees don't think this is appropriate and that Jesus, as a teacher of the law, as a rabbi, like your understanding of the Sabbath, why are you letting your disciples do this? That's the problem, all right? And so verse 2, some Pharisees said, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? So to the Pharisees, they are doing what's not lawful. How so? Well, their traditions saw picking grain and breaking loose the kernels as harvesting. And harvesting wasn't allowed on the Sabbath, according to Exodus chapter 34, verse 21. So the law said, keep the Sabbath holy. The way to do that was not by working. And harvesting was working, thus harvesting grain by picking it was breaking the Sabbath. This is the rationale. And so according to their understanding of the Sabbath and their desire to be pure and holy and abide by the Old Testament law and to keep it as faithfully as possible, what 
Jesus' disciples were doing was technically harvesting, and harvesting was breaking of the Sabbath. So rather than seeing this as uh, like silly legalism, which I think oftentimes is the way we want to respond to that's so silly, and we see it as silly legalism, we should make the effort to try to understand them and, and see where they're coming from. And the Pharisees, as we've noted, their goal was to, to be as holy as possible. So they sought to apply the Sabbath laws of the Old Testament as best as they could. Uh, because, as I noted, the Sabbath was something that set them apart from the world around them. And so this was not just silly legalism. This was an effort to think through, well, what's harvesting and what's not, and what would be technically breaking the Sabbath or not. They're trying to apply the law to their circumstances. Jesus, however, disagreed with how they applied it because he disagreed with the purpose of or the goal of the Sabbath as they understood it. So for Jesus, the goal of the Sabbath wasn't found in meticulously defining work in immense detail. The goal of the Sabbath was designed to help human flourishing. And thus, Jesus felt like... Uh, he could apply the Sabbath law differently than the Pharisees. And that's the point of disagreement. And so here in this story, as the rest of it unfolds, Jesus doesn't argue with them about whether or not there was a real violation of the Sabbath here. What he does is he points to meeting human need is more important and more central to the Sabbath. And he does that with an Old Testament story. So let's continue on through Luke chapter 6, picking up in verse 3. Jesus answering them said, have you not read, uh, which I feel like is a little bit of a striking statement. These are Pharisees. They're the teachers of the law, right? Like, of course they've read, but it's a little bit of a stinging statement. And Jesus is trying to, I think, get them to say, let's, let's think more deeply. Let's read more closely. So have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how they entered the house of God and took and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests alone, and he gave it to his companions. So Jesus, in responding to the complaint of the Pharisees, recalls a story from the Old Testament. The story is found in 1 Samuel 21. And in that story, David, who has been anointed as the up-and-coming king, but he's not yet the king. In fact, Saul is still king, so he's the king to come. David and his men are actually on the run fleeing King Saul. Well, they're famished, and, and they need food to, you know, to fuel their energy, and the only food available was the bread of the presence from the tabernacle, and that bread of the presence that was part of the tabernacle, right, that was set aside for the priests, and you can read about that in Leviticus 24, where it describes how the bread of the presence was supposed to be administered and how it's supposed to be used. And so it was technically for the priests. But meeting David and his men's need was greater than that legal requirement. Well, Jesus says the same is true really with the Sabbath. We should think about the, the Sabbath the same way. Like, and just as in that case, this, uh, this, law from Leviticus 24 was set aside and preempted by a need for King David. Well, the same is true with the Sabbath. And, and not only that, the same is true with David's greater son, King Jesus and his men. Their needs are more important than the Sabbath traditions of the Pharisees about harvesting. And so uh, Jesus says that the case is really the same. 
And then he actually makes this statement in verse 5. He says, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And so Jesus, as the, the great king, the highest king, higher even than King David, he's the Son of Man, God's right-hand man from Daniel 7, right? Uh, he has the ultimate authority even to decide how to how to apply the Sabbath and how to understand Sabbath law and how to understand Sabbath tradition. And so ultimately he has the authority of what's best to do on the Sabbath. And so just as in David's case, meeting their need preempted uh, a technical law. So in Jesus' case, as Lord of the Sabbath, he's like, we're not breaking the Sabbath. We're we're actually embodying the, the importance of the Sabbath, which is taking care of and meeting human need. All right, that's snapshot number one. We get snapshot number two, a similar issue, similar point. So verse six, on another Sabbath. So Luke is just pairing together two stories about the Sabbath to show us the kinds of um, legal debates Jesus was having with the Pharisees as he's trying to help them understand the law uh, more fully and more completely. And as he's showing them that their traditions and their understandings have some problems and some misunderstandings. And so on another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. So it's, it's a Sabbath, it's a Saturday. It is the synagogue service, and Jesus is actually going to be the teacher for the day in the synagogue service. And so he's in the synagogue. He has finished teaching. There's a man there who has uh, a shriveled up hand, right? So picture sort of like a curled up hand that doesn't work right. Um, and now the scribes and the Pharisees, as Jesus there, are watching him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. So they're actually now to the point of they're looking for ways to say, aha, look, you're breaking the Sabbath. That's what's going on. The irony to me is that they know that Jesus has the power to heal. They're not denying that. So you would think that would indicate that God is working through him for them. But they're so fixated on their traditions uh, that that fact is lost on them. That if this man can actually heal, doesn't that mean God doesn't work through him? But they're fixated on their traditions so fully and so completely. And the fact that Jesus doesn't keep their traditions their way, that that fact, this doesn't, they, they, don't, they don't get it, right? Well, Jesus knows what they're thinking, verse 8. And so he knew what they were thinking. And he said to the man with withered hand, get up and come forward. And so the man got up and came forward. And Jesus said to them, now he's directly addressing the Pharisees. And so he said to them, I ask you whether it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do harm, to save a life or to destroy it. In fact, the rabbis actually debated this. They, they debated whether medical work, medical help was permitted on the Sabbath. And their conclusion? Well, their conclusion was, well, it was permitted only if it was a medical emergency or couldn't wait. Well, in this guy's case, it's not life-threatening, right? It's not a life-threatening situation. And so it's not that they're opposed to this guy getting help. It's not they're, that they're opposed to him getting healed. It's that come back after the Sabbath is over. Right, wait till 6 p.m. at night, right? The Sabbath would be over and Jesus could heal then. And so you've got a day of rest here. Don't work on this day. Let's start. You can start your healings in the evening after the Sabbath is over. That's the issue is again, it's their traditional understanding as they've wrestled with this what kind of medical help is permitted on the Sabbath and what kind is not. 
But for Jesus, what's the Sabbath all about? Well, for Jesus, it's about doing good for people. The Sabbath is ultimately about the well-being of people. And so Jesus asked this question, is it lawful to do good or to do harm, to save a life or destroy it? And after, verse 10, after looking around at them all, he said to him, to the man, stretch out your hand. So his curled, withered up hand with his arm that doesn't work so well, stretch out your hand. And the man did so. And as he began to try to stretch out his hand, boom, his hand was restored. And so as he responded in faith, uh, his hand was healed and restored. How did the Pharisees respond to this? Verse 11, but they themselves were filled with senseless rage and began discussing together what they might do to Jesus. Again, they're blind to the fact that Jesus is empowered by God to heal. It's simply not possible because he violated their understanding of the law. He certainly couldn't be a prophet or anything if that was the case. That's the issue. And so Jesus heals, and now they're like, this guy, he can't possibly be a prophet. He can't possibly be a rabbi. He won't even keep the law. And so now they begin to plot how to get rid of him. And so the plot thickens. The hostility intensifies. What will happen to Jesus? How is this going to play out? And we begin to see now, as this Luke tells the story, we begin to see that uh, Jesus and the Pharisees, they're just not on the same page. There is growing tension and hostility. And before we leave this episode, let me just offer a couple reflections uh, from it. The first off is just the Sabbath. The Sabbath was designed for human good. That's the way it was intended under the Old Testament. And even though some of these traditions were trying to figure out how to handle it, it still was designed for human good. And so we need to be careful about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Jesus doesn't reject the Sabbath or that the Sabbath is good um, or that it's good for mankind. He actually affirms that. Um, but he does that while challenging and rejecting misuses of it. A traditional buildup around it. And so we need to be on guard against our own misunderstandings and our own misuse of the Sabbath, which oftentimes goes the opposite direction. Instead of being maybe overly and hypersensitive to how we keep it, we're like, ah, it doesn't matter at all, and we just throw the whole thing away. The Sabbath was intended to be a gift from God for human well-being. And our well-being um, oftentimes depends on it, right? And so even though we live under the new covenant, and even though in, in the new covenant, the Sabbath um, law it wasn't specifically restated, it would do us well to ponder how we can embody the principle of Sabbath in our weekly and life rhythms, because God knows we need a day of rest. We're not meant to just work, 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 go, 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 be busy all the time. And so Jesus' point is that the Sabbath is about human well-being. That's the first reflection. The second reflection is this, the power of self-deception. When we read the Gospels and we see how the Pharisees react to Jesus, it's easy to be perplexed and to look down on them. But it's not that they are inherently awful people. Their goal is to be pure and holy. Uh, but they are prone to self-deception. Uh, Self-deception is blinding and powerful. And guess what? We all are prone to it. And so we need to be honest about that fact. And we need to be humble enough to consider the possibility that we might be wrong. 
We need to be willing to to look in the mirror and examine our ideas and our traditions and at least have enough humility and enough self-awareness and enough self-honesty to consider the possibility that, hmm, maybe, just maybe, I'm wrong. But that can be hard because self-deception can be powerful. In fact, A.W. Tozer once said, of all forms of deception, self-deception is the worst because of all deceived persons, the self-deceived is the least likely to discover the fraud. And that's really the problem here. Jesus and the Pharisees have two different approaches to how to understand God's law, and the Pharisees just can't see that maybe he's right and maybe they're wrong. And so at the end of this, this episode, they're filled with senseless rage, and they begin to already think about, we've got to do something about this young up-and-coming rabbi.